Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. How do you you mature and grow in your walk with the Lord? Paul says it's by using the Word. Not by more Bible studies, not by reading more, right? If you read more Bible and don't obey what you're reading, you're just more carnal, but you know the Bible better. And that's the worst kind of carnal person, a carnal person that know the Bible. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I won't. And so our goal in reading the Bible is not to know more of it, it's to do more of it. Our goal in in attending church and Bible study is not to hear more of it, but to receive more of it. Many people are under the impression that every Christian is a hypocrite. It's true in the sense that we strive to be perfect, even though we know we'll never accomplish it on this earth. Pastor Bill reminds us today that being a Christian isn't about just reading the Bible. You can read something over and over again and never comprehend it. Being a Christian is about reading your Bible and obeying what God has spoken to you through it. In order to mature in Christ, you must be a doer and not simply a knower. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. For you guys that have been with us in our study in 1 Corinthians, uh, you guys know it's, it's been a letter of, of Paul ministering to this church that he loves and he's had to kind of bring some correction. The Corinthian church would, which we're going to see today, they would have been classified as a carnal church. Uh, They were believers, we'll see, but they were carnal, immature, undeveloped believers. And so as I was looking at chapter three, and again, I was praying about the beginning of the year, a lot of times people are uh, just evaluating the year. I do it every year. Uh, I evaluate the year. How was, how did things go? Where am I at in my walk with the Lord? Where am I at in my marriage? Where am I at with my kids? Where are things at in ministry? I, I evaluate everything. It's a, it's a good marker point to just see how, have I grown? Am I making progress? Have I fallen back in any areas? And so I don't discourage New Year's. Um, I won't say a resolution. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I know everybody here has made resolutions and then you unresolve what you resolve to do and you resolve again. So I'll give you something better than a resolution of what we're going to do. So, but it's a good time to mark the year and just say, okay, God, this is, this is where I am at this time. So the Corinthian church, as Paul gets to them in chapter three, he shows back up and says, man, y'all are not where I hoped you would be. They haven't made progress. And so one thing I'm asking you to consider about your own life Uh, You won't have to raise your hand and share with all of us so you can be real with yourself, hopefully. I'm asking everybody to consider in your life areas where areas or an area where you would say, I've not made progress in this area. One of two things, either I have not made progress or I have fallen backwards in, in some area. This could be concerning your spiritual life. It could be concerning some aspect of family, which is part of your spiritual life. It could be concerning whatever the things that God has placed upon your heart, but Everyone consider uh, yourself. Are there any areas, any things where you would say, you know what, I, I, I'm not where I had hoped to be at this time in this, this area of my life. Um, and we're going to see that that's the case with the Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let's start. Paul speaking says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. And so Paul's first thing, he says, man, when I came to you guys, I, I could not speak to you guys as though I was speaking to spiritual people. I had to speak to you guys as though you were carnal. And then he explains carnal because some people look at this and say, I don't think the Corinthians were saved. 
You know, I don't know if you can have a carnal believer, but we're going to see today that, and, and maybe some of you would be relieved to know that, you know, there are carnal believers. You know, there are people that are, they're saved, they're in Christ, but they're, they're, they're given over in certain areas to the appetites of the flesh. They're, they're fleshly minded people. They're not, they're not given over to the things of the spirit. That's the Corinthian church. They're saved. He said it multiple times. They belong to Christ. They're going to heaven. They die. They're going to heaven. But on earth, they're jacked up. They're tore up and they're carnal. And Paul is ministering to them. So he said, when I came, I couldn't speak to you guys as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. And again, he explains as to babes in Christ. If you look up that word carnal, the direct definition is fleshly. And it's people that are dominated by the inclinations of the flesh just dominated that they're, they're born again they belong to god but they allow the flesh to dominate how does that happen to a christian easy you still live in your flesh right everybody here still lives in your flesh you're born again in the spirit of god if you're saved god's spirit lives in you gives you new desires uh works on us works in us works through us god's spirit in us causes us to want to do the right things to want to do new things and but if we're given over to the flesh the flesh is also saying hey hey I'm talking, he's talking too. The spirit and the flesh, are they friends? They're at war. I mean, if you could just think of, I don't know if you've ever seen rivals or people that are just arch enemies. The flesh and the spirit are at war. And the crazy thing is they live inside you, both of them. Do you live in your flesh and the spirit of God lives in you and they got beef? They don't get along. They're not on the same team. They don't want the same thing. And so your flesh, think of just all the years that you spent living after the flesh. Some of us longer than others. Some of you guys have more years chalked up in the flesh than you do in in the Lord and so whatever amount of time you spent in the world or just giving over to the flesh your flesh is like your flesh has a memory it's like I remember that I'll be honest with you guys this time of year it's not been difficult as difficult this go round. but there there were times in my walk with the Lord where the stretch between Thanksgiving and New Year was a really difficult stretch the first several years of my salvation because when I was in the world, this stretch, like in high school, this was a stretch of out of school, partying, drinking every day. It was like, a, it was it, it was euphoric to my flesh. This time of year was like, ooh, just, you know, just excitement, party, fun. It was, it was, so when I first got saved and started walking with the Lord and, and this time of year would come, I would find that I didn't struggle even think about having a drink all year. Then this time of year would come and I'd be seeing the ENJ billboards and I'd be seeing the different things I drive around. I'd be remembering the different stuff I would mix and this and that and the other and it was, became a struggle. Just this certain time of year remind you of certain things and so your flesh has a memory. Your flesh remembers um, and the interesting thing about your flesh, it'll remember the positive aspects of what it did but the flesh will never remind you of the negatives. Your flesh won't remind you of jail time. <laughs> it won't remind you of heartbreak. It won't remind you of you know consequences and the spirit of God lives in us and God is working in us to will and to do for his good pleasure. God is working inside of us to desire new things and to move in new areas in Christ and the flesh and the spirit go at it. And so the challenge becomes this. If you yield to the spirit, then you begin to have victory over the flesh. And the person that habitually yields to the spirit is a person that is there's the spirit of God in them is dominating the flesh. The flesh is just pretty much stomped out. But you take a Christian that begins to yield to the flesh and yield to the flesh. And it's the same thing the other way. The flesh is stomping out the spirit of God. He's there. He's saying, don't go. It's getting stomped out. Don't go. The stomped out. Shut up. Silence. That happens inside of us. So 
The Corinthians are believers, but they're carnal. They're fleshly. They're given over to the things of the flesh. So are there things in your life? Are there appetites in your flesh that you've given over to, that you've given way to, that you've made allowances for? This would be a great time to acknowledge them, to call them what they are, to, to recognize that that's not okay. It's not okay for me to be like that. The spirit of God is not leading me to do that. There were years of my walk with Christ where I hindered my own growth by making allowances for my flesh. I would, in my mind, I would say this. I was doing so many things so much better than I used to do. I was comparing the new me with the old me instead of comparing the new me to Christ. Because when you compare the new you to Christ, you realize there's still work to do. But when I was comparing the new me to the old me, I was like, well, give me a break. I mean, I got a list of things that I no longer do. Like, give me, let me have this thing right here. Like, that's too much. I left allowances for the flesh. And what I learned as time would go by, that Satan didn't need me involved in 20 things to wreck me. He just needed that one or two allowances to ruin my life. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been fishing with somebody. Yet. I've been, me and BJ went on a boat. And, you know, you could put, you see some guys hanging up three, three hooks and throw it down. You know, you can only get one fish per hook. And there's some guys that have all these contraptions and, you know, different lines and all this different stuff. But you can throw down one line. All Satan needs is one hook to hook you. He don't need three or four. One hook for one fish. So for me, those allowances became the things that were destroying my spiritual progress. And I had made allowance for him. And I had to have God bust me. I had to have God just break that open and say, that's not okay. I didn't okay that. You okay that. You can't leave anything open to the flesh. The flesh is like a thief. And uh, anybody here that used to be a thief, you don't need them to leave the front door open. <laughs> just leave it cracked. You know, you know, I don't need you. I don't need your car window open. Just just don't roll it up all the way. I knew a guy that if you wouldn't roll the window up all the way, could take a, a jacket or a towel, roll it in and just snap your window. Boom. And it was like, wow, just yeah. I, I, my wife says that I'm, I'm like it's kind of part of the the back drop for me living like that is I'm, I'm extra. I'm like, roll them up. You know, so, but it's hot outside. Roll them up. Turn the air on when you get back in the car. Because my mind knows that they're, they, I know they're still out there. I know they're still out there. I ain't out there with them, but I know they're still out there doing this stuff, you know. But Satan is a thief and he doesn't need the door left wide open, you guys. Just little cracks, right? And so as we, we're going to learn from the Corinthians, right? Our goal in studying the Corinthian church is not to look at how messed up they were and be like, shame on them. But we really want to look at them and see where, where, where do we relate? Where are the things that they were doing? Where are we doing the same things? And the corrections that Paul gives out, how do we apply those things that we might grow as well? Because I can look at them and say, wow, they were a carnal church, messed up church, but we're not. We're great. We're, but don't we know better, fam? Don't we know? We know we're not perfect. We know we're a work in progress. And I know that all of us here, there's a work still that the Lord wants to do on us. And so uh, we want to be available for him to do that. So he said, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual, but as carnal as to babes in Christ. Verse two, I fed you with milk and not with solid food for unto now you were not able to receive it. And even now you were still not able. Uh, I want to point out two things. He says, babes, I had to speak to you guys as babes. A uh, babe is at least born, right? You got to at least be born to be a babe. That's again, for those that would say, um, the, the, I don't think the Corinthians were saved. He, he's calling them babes in Christ. I had to speak to you guys like little babies. Now, this is the thing with the Corinthian church. They weren't babes because they were new believers, right? There's a place for a new believer to get to be a baby for a while. I just got saved. Uh, somebody just gets saved. 
you know, you don't jump all down their throat right away. You know, it's like, we just got saved. You know, you got to let them, it'll come, it'll come as they go. Somebody get their life to the Lord and say a cuss word, you know, it's like, well, they, they get there. They, you know, we, we're working on it. Some of y'all have been saved and y'all still doing it. So, um, you know, you, you give a babe time to grow, but this is what's wrong, right? For those of you guys that have babies, I love babies. I like to hold them. I like to just, babies are cute. And if uh, you pick a baby up and hold it and it drools, we all think it's cute. Oh, look at you, you baby. It's because it's a baby, right? If a teenager drooled on me, that's not cute. It's not going to be cute. I'm not going to say, oh, I'm going to say, what's wrong with you, man? What you, you spit on me. You know, like it's, it's a different thing. It's acceptable with a baby, but it would not be acceptable, you know, 10 years later. So, for the Corinthian church, there Paul's saying, I got to come to you as babes, but the problem is he shouldn't. There's been enough time gone by that he should be coming to a mature group of believers uh, and be able to speak to them about things on a deeper level. But Paul says, man, it's like, I gotta, you guys are like babies. Like, you guys haven't matured, you haven't grown. In the real world, if a baby doesn't mature to a certain point, we know there's something wrong. There's a developmental delay. There, there may be some form of... Uh, some challenge or whatever that they have. And, and that's how you would know it. They're not progressing. Spiritually, when we're not progressing, we're not moving forward. It's not something wrong in the sense of our in, inability to grow. It's something wrong in the sense of our unwillingness. We've been unwilling to yield in some area. We've been unwilling to grow. And so Paul is pointing that out to them. And so again, I would challenge us to consider our own lives, right? Are there any areas where you would say, you know what, I, I just should be further along in the Lord in this particular area than I am right now. And again, the Holy Spirit never draws flaws out of us to shame us or to humiliate us or to put us down. The Holy Spirit draws those things out and reveals them that we might grow in them, right? That we might yield to God in these areas and grow, um, when I first met my wife and we were, I wanted to marry her then, but she wasn't ready yet. So, you know, I realized that she was much, she had grown up in church. I had just got saved. So she knew the word better than me. And it wasn't a competition, but I was like, man, I, I don't look like a leader to her yet. And um, there was a great motivation. I wanted to grow in the Lord because I needed to grow in the Lord for myself. But I'm saying there was a great motivation to grow. I got, I need to be able to break bread with this girl, you know? So um, I was seeking, I was reading, I was studying, I was buying books. I was, I was in it, you know, I, I needed to grow so that I could, I could lead. And for, for so, for, you know, there may not be that motivation for us, but all of us need to have a motivation to, to grow in the things of God, that we there's an appetite for more of God, to know him better, to have more intimacy with him. And so, you know, Paul says, you, you guys are, are not even able to understand. I, I've, I fed you with milk. And again, he's saying just kind of the elementary things of the word. If you're writing notes, write down Hebrews 5, verses 12 through 14. Uh, the writer of Hebrews says... Verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those. And notice this. This is how we mature. Solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Then he explains what that means. That is those who by reason of use 
have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. How does how do you mature and grow in your walk with the Lord? Paul says it's by using the word, not by more Bible studies, not by reading more. Right. If you read more Bible and don't obey what you're reading, you're just more carnal. But you know the Bible better. And that's the worst kind of carnal person, a carnal person that know the Bible. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I won't. And so our goal in reading the Bible is not to know more of it, is to do more of it. Our goal in, in attending church and Bible study is not to hear more of it, but to receive more of it. Um, that we receive it, we hear it, believe it, receive it, and it would transform our lives. And so the Corinthians, they weren't able to receive what Paul, Paul said. I mean, I, I was excited to come and share with you at this level, but I can't. Um, you guys are just like babes. You guys haven't made any progress at all. And, and I got to speak to you at, at this level here, just elementary things of God, just basic stuff. Um, you know, I want to go on and talk about there's so much more of Christ that we could get into, but I can't go there with you guys. And so there's a barometer I would throw out to you guys if you wonder, where am I at spiritually? Am I mature? Am I immature? Am I a babe? Am I where? Where do I stand? One thing that you can look at is your appetite for the word. Do you have an appetite for the word? Do people have to force feed you? You know, babies, you got to feed them. You got to pick them up, grab them. You have to mix the bottle, shake it up. You have to put it in their mouth or mom has to situate them. Like they have to be fed. Someone else is fully responsible for their eating is what I'm getting at. So rather mom is nursing them or bottles are being made. Someone else is 100% responsible. They've got to get latched on to something and, and take it in. But if someone else doesn't help, they die. That's not, you know, that's okay for a newborn, but that you want that to end at some point. And so for you guys that are saved for a while, know you know the Lord, do you have an appetite for the work? Do you go eat by yourself? Is this the only time, right? If you're one of those Christians that this is the only time you open your Bible and when you leave here today, you fold it up, close it and put it in your dash. And so everybody know you Christian when you park and it'll be there till next Sunday when you pull it back out. Right. That's not good. That's not unless you got another Bible in the house and somewhere else. Are you feeding yourself yet? Do you spend time alone with the Lord? You read this on your own. Uh, do you have time where you just say, God, speak to me. I'm, I'm going to open the word. I'm encouraging everybody that, that you get it in. Right. This can't be the only time that you hear the word when I'm speaking it. This is a little piece. The greater part of what you hear from God should be in your one-on-one -on -one interaction. Amen. Everybody here has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that God will speak to you through his word. And it will be personal and intimate directly from him to you. It'll be, I mean, it's special. When, when God has spoken to me in that way, there, there are times in my life where God has spoken. And the things that God spoke, I just know that nobody else would have said that. But I got it directly from the Lord. And so I want you guys to know him like that. I want you guys to have that. That's that's where we begin to grow. Where it's like I, I, I know the Lord for myself. When you get out there and someone challenges you about what you believe, that you won't be out there saying, well, my pastor says, forget about that. I've read this myself. It says in First Corinthians 15, whatever, that you could go right to the word for yourself. I know this because I know him. This has been my experience with the Lord. This is what he's spoken to me when I prayed about that before. And this is what God showed me. This is what he revealed to me. That's so much more powerful than my pastor said. Um, for a baby, it's okay. Well, you know, when your little kids are little, they don't have conviction yet. Well, my mom said I can't. That's okay for, for little Timmy when he's four years old. He can say, no, my mom said I can't let you have this, you know. That's all right. But when he's 15... He needs to be able to say, no, I'm not. You can't have it. <laughs> it's mine. You know, it just it's there's got to be a point where it becomes our own. And that's where Paul is trying to bring the Corinthians. 
And I believe that's what the Lord wants to do in all of us. God wants to bring us into a place of a maturity in, in our relationship with God. And, and a lot of that's going to come through our intimacy with him. Time that we spend with the Lord, allowing him to, to have more access, to have more of us. Move on down. Look at verse three. It says, are you, it is for you are still carnal. Again, he said carnal means babes. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Paul says, man, you guys are carnal. And here's the over, this is how we know that there's immaturity among you guys. He says there's strife and envy and divisions among you guys. This is among the Christians at the church. Now, I will say that I've been blessed here. If it happens, I don't see it. I don't see envy and strife and divisions. You know, I, I know we got we got a mix and blend of different folks. And I'll be I'm glad that that didn't characterize the fellowship here. But imagine going to a church um, and some of you maybe have been in places like that, you know, where there's envy and strife and division and folks are fighting. That's church. That's, that's right before the service and afterwards. Paul says, man, that's how you know you're immature when, when you envy other people's, right? When you mature, you don't envy people. You rejoice with those who rejoice, yeah. right? When you, when you mature in the Lord, you can look at someone else and their blessing and say, man, I, I'm happy because I love him or her. And look, they got blessed. And I'm happy. My, my heart's happy that they're blessed right now. I rejoice in their blessing. So you don't envy, you rejoice. That's what maturity will bring. There won't be strife because in maturity, I don't want to have beef with you. I don't want to fight you. I want to have peace with you. And so we'll be working towards peace and not strife. Um, there won't be divisions because in maturity, we'll be looking to the Lord and, there, and the Lord will unify us. And so there'll be unity among us. And so all the things that immaturity and carnality bring envy and strife and division, when you get someone that's really yielding to God, you find that, nah, I don't, I don't want to strife with my brother. I love my brothers and sisters. Even when we disagree and have differences, I love them. That's maturity. I don't envy those that have what I don't have. I rejoice with them and what the Lord is doing for them genuinely. Not that fake, oh, you know, oh, I'm so happy for you. You know, you hate them for real, you know, but genuinely. And everybody, I think we know when we are genuinely happy for someone else. These are the things that maturity in Christ will bring us to. And what that does is brings a group of people to where when we come together and we just we just burn together. We just love Jesus together. And we appreciate what he's doing and we know we're at different places and we're we're part of what God is doing in one another's life. Paul said, man, when I came to you guys, you guys were behaving like mere men. That means you guys are acting like non-believers, right? You guys are believers, but you're behaving like regular men, mere men. That's a mark that we want to look at, right? Could that be said about you and me? That we behave like, you know, just like a non-believer. There's no difference between you and a non-believer in different situations, right? We want there to be a difference. There should be a difference in you as a Christian and someone a non-Christian when something negative happens. For you guys that may have been out and about during Christmas time, I just watched it. You know, y'all like the people watch. But man, people was acting up out there. They really, parking lot stuff. I'm seeing people swooping in and taking parks and honking and blocking. Out. And I was sitting there with my kids just saying, all this is you know, for Christmas, yay, Jesus birthday, you know, it's like, look, I mean, looking at all the mess out there and it's like, this is, this is for Christmas, right? The videos from Walmart, uh, Black Friday and people going to buy gifts for Christmas to celebrate stomping people on the way inside. It's like, you know, you look at all those things going on and you just think now, should a believer, right? Should you get, you know, sniped for your car parking spot? Now that doesn't make anybody feel happy. Should there be a difference in how we handle it? 
There should be, right? There just should be a difference. There should be something, something greater God is doing in you than someone that don't even know God, right? There should just be a difference in how we handle things. Thanks for joining us here on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. This letter was written by Paul to the Corinthians sometime after he lived in Corinth. He had an intimate knowledge of the church there, and so he felt compelled to write a direct letter to address the things that were happening among the believers there. The things he wrote about showed that there were problems in the church then, just like there are issues in churches today. Even among believers, there are real sin issues that can derail an entire church if those areas aren't dealt with. Are there areas in your life today that you know need to be addressed? If you need someone to talk to or to pray with, we're here and are ready to answer your call or text. Our number is 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. We're so glad you tuned in to A Transforming Word. We'd love to meet you. If you're in the Inglewood area, come join us this weekend for church. We meet at Calvary Inglewood every Sunday. And you can get more information on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. There, you'll also be able to learn more about this ministry and listen to additional teachings from Pastor Bill. Again, that website is calvaryinglewood.org. That's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Bill continues to teach through 1 Corinthians. We look forward to another edition of A Transforming Word. Transforming Word.